Hello, everyone, and welcome out to episode 380 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, where I talk about a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some bad, uh, but all of it definitely geeky. Normally, I try to have guests on the show, but sometimes due to scheduling or just because I want to, I do an episode like this, which is something I call a GBG drive-by. So yeah, you're getting a GBG drive-by, aren't you lucky? Back in my day, drive-bys meant something different. Some say they were part of an East Coast versus West Coast thing. Okay, that was bad, and I'm sorry, I apologize. Well, let me tell you before we get into our normal opening spiel here that there was drama in the household, people, and I gotta tell you, it was all my fault. I guess the perfect way to start the story is, well, starting off with a visit to a lab. Not Mad Lab, uh, as you would be thinking, but... And maybe you have a lab, what I'm talking about, where you're at around here, a big lab to visit, you know, that you can go to is called LabCorp, um, you know, for blood draws, drug tests, that kind of thing. So I was going in for my new gig, my job, my new job. This polite yet distantly cold woman in her 50s handed me my cup and told me to go into the bathroom, pee in the cup. The joys of drug testing to get a new job. The, that joy being that I don't do drugs, I, I know, I'm so vanilla, but, but... I just don't do that. So it's a moot point in my honest opinion. But alas, here I am unzipping my pants, pulling it out so I can pee into a cup, which, by the way, they have two bathrooms at LabCorp, at least of the one I went to, because when I was done, I couldn't wash my hands. That's right. One was for the drug tests, the urine tests. The other was for just normal bathroom stuff. But I couldn't wash my hands, at least not in the bathroom they sent me to. I couldn't flush the toilet either. Those were functions that had been set up that were the only they could work them. It was childproof or really adult-proof, if I'm being honest here. However you want to look at it, though, I couldn't do that. So I handed the lady my urine sample. I, she led me over to the sink, and she's like, go, clean hands, she said. So I do what I normal do, normally do, which is I remove my wedding ring, set it aside. Now, my wedding ring, just throwing it out there for people, looks like the one ring. You know, the one ring from Lord of the Rings, the one that is called My Precious by Gollum. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, no, I don't have the inscription for Lord of the Rings on there, though. But if you look at it and I was like, hey, it looks like the one ring from Lord of the Rings, doesn't it? You'd be like, oh, yeah, it does. And then you probably ask about, does it have the inscription like on the inside like the one ring does? And I'd be like, dude, no. Anyway, so my ring, it's fitted on me. And it, and to me, it, I feel like it's a perfect fit because I like things that are – if you look at a shirt on me, I like a shirt that's a little loose, which uh, you know, not super baggy, but it's loose enough. And it's easy to put on and take off. I don't like form fitting uh, because being a big guy, I have a particular form, usually round, roly poly with tits. So yeah, uh, this ring, it, it's 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 it easily slides on and off, but it's on there too. You know what I mean? Which is a good thing. So, but the fact that it easily slides on and off is not always a good thing. So when I was doing Mad Lab shows, uh, sketchy pitches which I want to call sexy pitches because I have sex on the brain apparently. But honestly, last year's show was called Sketchy Sex, so it's a, it's a metaphorical sequel anyway. And my brain's all like sexy pitches, though it's sketchy pitches. Anywho, off topic. So I was doing sketchy pitches, and there's a scene where I play the knight in shining armor. I, I know, Fane, you're shock and all as the fat guy plays the knight. But it was really fun for me. Anyway, before I came on stage, I would pour water on my hair, on my shirt, to look like I was sweaty and recent from battle. Because, you know, that's how the sketch starts off, is I am a knight who comes to save a princess, and I just fought a dragon, you know, you know, did all this other stuff. And so, you know, sweaty and from a venturous battle. Now, this is a quick aside, people, but if you do something like this, like say your character's coming in and he's been running or working out or whatever... 
you you can use water to make give the impression uh, that you've been working out. Sometimes if you want to look like more sweaty, I would say a sweat bottle, but I didn't have one, so I didn't use one. But either way, don't use too much water because one quick aside is I poured too much water onto my head. And when I had to lean over and kiss my co-star to wake her up, like the classic fairy tale things, I leaned down and water just poured from my head and hit her face. And the pro she was, she didn't flinch. She didn't even really know it was happening, but I knew and it really... I felt really horrible. Sorry, Anna. I digress. So yeah, so I pour water on my head. Not a lot. um, Not really. But it's sometimes it could be too much. But in this situation, I didn't. And I would rub my hands through my hair, you know, just and fluff on my hair up, make it look like I was, you know, doing something. And I would run, you know, rub my hands together and I would kind of shake my hands like flicking. You can't see me. I'm doing it right now. Like you can see me. But I'm like flickering my hands Almost kind of like, you know, when you're a kid and it's like, all right, shake your hands. and Yeah, I was doing that. And sometimes I would do that to before I picked up my sword because my knight had a sword. When I came on stage, I had a sword in my hand. So before I picked up the sword, I would do that. And when I did it this time, I heard a clink followed by a series of bunk, bunk, clink, clink. And I looked at my hand and my ring was gone. I lost my goddamn wedding ring, and I had no idea where I flung it to. The backstage area uh, at Mad Lab, it, the lights are off, obviously, with maybe a stage light, just a general one light backstage, and then there's the green room backstage area, which is, I mean, Mad Lab's an old garage that's been turned into a theater space, so the garage, the actual main garage portion, I mean, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea where it was, so I used my iPhone's flashlight, and I panicked. I had four minutes or so before going on, um, which sometimes can be in an eternity when you're an actor. Um, but the other problem is, is that in the process, those four minutes go by awfully fast. So using the flashlight, I, I was able to find the ring, which was good because my knight is also happily married. You see, that's kind of the the joke was... Um, the knight, his job is he's a knight that rescues princesses. And usually, if he has to, he'll kiss to wake them up. But he's happily married. He has, I think, two kids, if I remember correctly. I just know he has children. He goes goes back home to the wife and kids, and, and that's it. The wife doesn't love that he has to kiss the princess, mind you. But, I mean, it's something he does. But so it's kind of a hint that something's a little off because when she started the, – the princess, though, is just super excited to see the knight. She wants to get laid pretty much is kind of the joke. And so it almost comes off, at least when you first read it, I didn't play it this way, but it almost comes off like he might be gay. And no, that's not, 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 there's anything wrong with that, to be clear. But he doesn't want to kiss her, really. Matter of fact, he goes, oh, God, this is just so cliche. And then he has to kiss her. So anyway, just take my word for it that it was really funny and really touching and wonderfully written by Cat McAlpine. Um, Smash cut back to... Lab Corp next to the sink. I placed the one ring by the sink and I started soaping up. What do you think you're doing, darling? I'm cleaning my hands. No, with this. And she had her rubber gloves on because she's at the lab. She works the lab and pointed with a pen she was holding in her hand, pointed to my ring. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm cleaning my hands. You're going to get in big trouble one day. What do you mean? You're going to lose it. The ring. Put it on your finger. Put it on right now. I politely explained that I'm coming up on two years of marriage, and I've not lost it once. Also, I lied. Scassy pitches didn't really count to me at this point, but did it? Nah, of course not. So I told her, no, look, I've been married. Uh, I'm coming up on two years here coming this November, 
And, you know, I take my ring off all the time. And when I do, like any American, I kind of have a place where I put it or a series of places where I put it. So what I mean by this is say you come home and say you're not carrying a lot. As a guy, at least you're carrying your wallet and your keys and maybe your phone. Um, women, you're probably carrying your purse and your keys or your purse, your keys and your phone. And when you come through the door, there are like maybe two or three places where you instantly set it down at, right? And uh, for me, it used to be I'd place it on the cabinet or I'd place it on top of my work laptop. Or at least when I come into work, sometimes I take my ring off there as well. I would take off my ring, I put it on the cabinet to my left where I can see it and also where my phone is. And then I put it on the laptop, which is my work laptop. You know, I open and close that accordingly all the time. So it, I never, ever lose, I never lose it. So well, one day, my roommate who works at the same company with me came over and we were talking about, hey, what are we doing for dinner tonight? Um, what are the wives thinking that we're doing tonight? And we were discussing it and I remember, or I swore I did, that I had my ring on the laptop and when I saw him, I was like, oh, hey, and I put the ring on and I was like, oh, well, we'll talk about dinner when we get home. And I said, well, Sarah is doing X, Y, or Z tonight my wife, Sarah. So, you know, yes, FYI. So yeah, so we went home. And normally what happens is, is when I come home, because we live in the basement of our friend's house, they're allowing us to live there while we raise money to, you know, pay off our debt and then also save the house. Uh, We got about, we got a decent amount saved for the house, not a huge amount, but a decent starting chunk, a starting off chunk while we then pay off our debt, which is pretty good. And usually if I go downstairs, I there's the cabinet. There is a cabinet I put my ring on. It's very rare when I put it there. Um, usually it's like if I slept with my ring on, I put it there before hopping into the shower. And then I hop out and there's my ring because it's usually where my phone is too. Or it's in his or hers dish. But it's the same thing. It's like my wallet, it's always in one or two places, right? You know? It's the same kind of logic. Well, I remember when I got home that Monday, I didn't go downstairs. I was like, whoa, hey, I, I didn't go downstairs. I was waiting for Sarah. Sarah said she'd be home at this time. She didn't get home until an hour later. So I just hung up upstairs with my other roommates and I played like I played like Red Dawn Redemption or Red Dead Redemption, whatever the hell it's called. Was playing it and I was having a good time. We were just having conversation. It was really nice and fun. And I thought I had my ring on the whole time. Did I? Well, I thought I did. I thought I was wearing it. The fact was, though, that the next morning when I got up, I went to the his or her dish, and the ring wasn't there. Wait, what What happened to this? Now, folks, I'll just throw it out there. The fear that hits you when you realize you've misplaced your wedding ring or rings, if you're a woman, because uh, if you're a guy and you have two rings, that's cool, too. Um, but let me assure you, it's absolutely fucking terrifying. Terrifying. Because... Fuck losing it. I mean, you're you're more worried about what your partner will say. Now, I would also be amiss if I didn't say and shout out that my wife is a really chill as fuck lady. I do a lot of stupid shit. This podcast being one of them, I do plays at Mad Lab. I do it's all been on Radio Hour, and I'm just a really silly guy. So my wife is chill as fuck, but right now is kind of stressful for her. We're trying to have kids, and um, medically speaking, it's more on my my end than hers which is really, really depressing. So we've hit some speed bumps and we're doing the due diligence and going to see the doctors and and getting blood tests and checking out the boys and all that stuff. And it's really stressful for her, you know? And so, so like, for example, yeah, I had to go see the lab corp lady again, literally yesterday. The one that sounds like, at at least the way I did it, Edna Mode. And she kind of did, but she just didn't say darling all the time, but she sounded very much like that. She's like, hello, what, what you're doing? 
Actually, I think she did say darling once. She's like, what are you doing, darling? Anyway, I saw Edna Moan lady, LabCorp lady again. She drew blood for a test for cystic fibrosis. It's the thing they test for, apparently. And, and her doctor wanted me to get it tested. So I had to get it done. And so anyway, that's beyond the point. Uh, with all that going on, though, my wife is understandably thinking about other things. And so she was bothered by the ring. But I, I remember I didn't tell her for three days. And during those three days, I was looking for her. She was like, what are you looking for? Oh, nothing, nothing. And I'm just looking for my phone or whatever. I was really looking for my ring. And funny note, she said I never looked for it when I did finally tell her. Anyway, she asked me if I checked the car. And I said, yeah, I, I, I did check the car, but I'll check again. And so when I got into the car for work on the, the driver's side, I looked over at the passenger side, checked everything, didn't find it. Asked me if I checked under the bed. I looked under the bed. I didn't see anything. I checked work. I looked under desks at work. I talked to the administrative assistant, Marsha, who's super kind and super nice. And she's like, you know what? I'll do you even one more solid. I'll talk to the janitorial staff's manager and have them pressure and see if they found anything. And so cut to three weeks later. My wife is not upset as much with it. And we're going to have our budget meeting probably, this is probably two or three days before the July, it's all been on radio hour. And we agree that... I'll probably buy a ring on Amazon for 20 bucks. And then once we pay off a few more things, we will buy the buy another $800 to $1,000 Lord of the Rings ring. So yeah, it was a few days before it's all been done. Oh, and speaking of it's all been done, come check out the original hour-long musical. Yes, Universe Journey the Musical makes up most of the August show and is set in the wake of July's huge premise-changing event. Join us Saturday, August 11th at 5.30 p.m. to find out the crew's fate, especially that of its captain, Details can be found at itsallbeenonradiohour.com or please support them on patreon.com forward slash IEBD. All right, so anyway, a few days before IEBD ARH and we have our monthly budget meeting and we decide that maybe a $20 ring, yeah, we decide all that. And that's the agreement. We, we're both kind of really bummed. I think I'm, I'm and again, I am, I am, I'm, I'm bothered by it. Like, you know, I, I feel really horrible that I've lost this token of our affection for each other. Um, and I've misplaced it. <laughs> how do you misplace someone's token of affection? Uh, well, it's simple, really. But I mean, that's the concept. Like, how can you misplace it? So anyway, a day or two later, Virgil, who if you listen to Talbot on Radio Hour, is a wonderful voice actor. Um, and he's also a good friend. He stays with us as well because he flies from out of town to do the show. And uh, I remember I was driving him to Mad Lab where we do It's All Been On Radio Hour. And I had on my front seat from when I went for lunch one day at work, I had like napkins and I had a uh, a phone charger cable sitting there, and he was helping me. He helped me grab uh, some of the napkins because I went for the cord first to plug it in and get it out of the way. And he goes, "Oh, and there's this." And he held up the ring, and as you can imagine, I quickly put that fucking ring on my finger, thanked him profusely, and I said, "Hey, we're running a little late. Can you, if I drive, can you take a picture of uh, or just text my wife and?" who is trying to sleep because it's like 11 o'clock. My wife had a late night, so she's trying to sleep a little bit more. And uh, so he sent a picture of my finger while I was driving, sent it to her, and she called me right away so happy. So that was the drama that kind of went on with the ring. And now, you know, of course, I'm like, where's the fucking ring? It's like a big thing now for me, not on her. And she's just like, oh, you got the ring back. Good job. Thank you, Virgil. Um, No, I thank you, Virgil, very much if you're listening to this. But yeah... So I, and speaking of props for people, or in our case, a podcast show, um, if you enjoyed our show, whether it be you listen to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Google Music, wherever it's at, iHeartRadio, please try to give us a review on the show in that application. And uh, if we overlooked it, 
it happens. We're busy people. Sometimes we miss these things or we don't have access. Like we have access to iHeartRadio, but if there's another application that we're not aware of, let us know. Email us at goodbaggeek@gmail.com and say, hey, we're giving you a shout out or someone gave you a shout out and we think you guys should know about it. And uh, we may read it here on the show. Help us help you get talked about. And also we want to tell you about our good friends at Mad Lab, uh, which is located in downtown Columbus, Ohio. Uh, that's where sketchy pitches, where I flung the ring from my fingers at. And I do a lot of other stuff at Mad Lab. I'm a Mad Lab ensemble member, which you can join too. But just FYI, that Young Writers 2018, it's a short play festival written by all local talent is going on. You have until July 28th with a Friday, a Saturday, and two uh, with, with one last Sunday matinee left. If you want more information, go to madlab.net or I have a short link for you. It's https colon forward slash forward slash d4k, like dribble for kids, d4k.us forward slash y as in young, w as in writers 2018. I almost said y as in w and I was like, that made no fucking sense. So yw2018, like young writers 2018. All right, and our official sponsor of the show is Audible with over 200,000 titles to choose from, 30 days of membership free, plus a book to get you started. You get one credit a month after trial, good for any book regardless of price. You own your library, that's pretty important, and you get 30% off in exclusive member-only savings. And you get easy exchanges. You can switch books with someone or you can swap a book with Audible. It's like you don't love the book, swap it for another book. If you're interested, it's it's really super easy. All you got to do is have an Amazon account. Get an Amazon account, bada boom, bada bing. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. That's audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. And you can get your 30-day membership trial. All right, so on this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, episode 380, I finally did it. I finally watched Justice League. My wife and I went to Cincinnati and boof, there it was. It was just on the screen there. It was on HBO and it was really late though. And I was like, oh, hey, it's on HBO now. Okay. So good. I don't have to buy it to watch it. So that's good. But yeah. So final verdict, just to get it out of the way. Good news. I didn't have to pay for it. Bad news. It's all Justice League. Okay, now that's not fair. Let me just say that Justice League in the league of all the DC Cinematic Universe films goes, it's my second favorite. It's, it's also super important to note that it's not hard, though, to be the second best. And I know as I'm recording this, this is just coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, but they're now calling the DCU Cinematic Universe, at least, the worlds of DC Cinematic Universe. And for most part, they're pretty not good. So for those that playing at home, the films involved with this universe is uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Donna Justice, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League. Now, the order that I put them in is, I would say, Wonder Woman, Justice League, and then probably tied for third is Suicide Squad, Man of Steel, and Batman v Superman, Donna Justice. Now, I'd also say, I guess, the order where those tied for third are also in the order that I would put them in if I had to just keep ranking them down. Suicide Squad, if you don't look too hard, it's just a fun popcorn film, but it isn't as bad as the other two. And it's not good either, though, to be very clear. But the problem with the other ones is they are closer to being better movies, and that's what makes me dislike them even more. When they fumble, they fumble hard. Man of Steel is actually a little bit better since they kind of fixed some, or they talked about some of the problems in Batman v Superman, Donna Justice with my whole complaints of why he, you know, he didn't really seem to care about people. But 
still at the same time, Batman v Superman really didn't do justice. See what I did there? To that storyline, to that plot line, like at all, it's just kind of shitty. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's the thing. They're all just kind of shitty, except for Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is not shitty at all. And Justice League isn't great either. It's still better than those other movies. And I think the big thing is that I really like, like, I like the characters in Suicide Squad, but they're also the bad guys. Like, the character, you know, there's some other stuff too. I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, they they really made the superheroes in this likable characters. And there's no real reason why they, they being these likable hero characters should be teaming up already, in my opinion. But, you know, whatever. DC does whatever DC do. And that is make bad judgment calls to catch up and try to compete with Marvel when they should just be doing their own thing. And at the same time, hoping they can compete with Marvel. Instead, I feel like that's their whole opus man Mirandi, which is, I didn't say that right, so take a drink, which is, though, to freaking try to compete with Marvel. It's like, no, 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 don't compete with Marvel. Just make good movies, make good stories, but they're not doing that. And what really grinds my gears with Justice League, at least, and this is the problem with the other two movies, too, is that there are hints of a good movie in there. And that's the problem with all the world of DC cinematic movies. And that's why they're so goddamn aggravating. It's why I go aggro about them. Man of Steel was good, except Superman didn't give a fuck. Batman v Superman. Batman showed up, so did Wonder Woman. But Superman was depressed and angry and emo. It's like he didn't. they didn't keep building upon necessarily on the stuff they set up in the last film, he just became emo and sad. And he was never happy about being Superman. And not to say that, hey, he has to be happy all the time. I mean, that's also that's not a fun character. But make a fucking well-rounded character. Make a, But also stay true to that character, too. Superman, like, look, one of the big things to me is that Superman is kind. He is, he cares about people, you know? And can he feel down that the world hates him? Yeah, of course, but he should um, – should he not want people to idolize him as a god? Yeah, that too. But if you just constantly show Superman saving people and being all sad about it all the time, well, I mean, Jesus Christ, slit my wrist to see Collar. And, and, and it doesn't make a good character. And Suicide Squad, for example, had some – major plot problems but it was still way more of a fun movie and also they're bad guys your level of going okay how close are we really sticking to these characters here they're not as important i i think the real biggest issue is with act three um where the whole fact that flag was not the lead character at the end to just shoot his girlfriend and said it was dead shot or where the fuck will smith was doing in that movie but oh and also the joker is god-awful terrible and the, the thing I also don't like, too, is that they kind of glorify the Joker-Harley Quinn relationship. At no point does she realize that she's better or stronger than him, um, even though she kind of is. It's never that at all, it, which is kind of depressing. So, again, I looked at that more as a, as a popcorn flick. Look, these are, all superhero movies are all popcorn flicks, you know what I mean? But if they have a good heart to them, I can I can relate way more to them as a human being, like through the art, you know, of a little fucking talking raccoon and all that stuff, or uh, a man who is a super serum. I can relate to I, the God of Thunder. I can relate to these characters because they have family issues, you know, or they, you know, they want to love and help their brother, but there's that one family member that's kind of a dick all the time and makes it hard for everybody. So sometimes there's, there's the typical Marvel superhero movie, which, yeah, we have a lot of them now, but still, like, they're finding ways to relate to me as a viewer. 
the DC films aren't really doing and that's the problem too it's their power set outside of Batman they're all gods almost and that's another thing but here's the thing if you can make God Thor at least in film form really fucking relatable you can do that with them too Justice League though you only really care about the characters and in terms of film wise what they set up it was Batman and Wonder Woman and now that I think about it as I'm saying this you know Batman in this movie is, a, is the closest to Batman that I would love to see why we still read the comics back in the day, which I didn't read a lot, but but more importantly, the Batman animated series with hints of the Tim Burton, like very dark, you know, gothicness. It seems really familiar to me, but if I had to look at it though, these characters really are just getting by, at least for, for me, with the history that you have with them. It's like the Michael Bay team and T film. The first time the Shredder versus Splinter fight came on screen, it's god awful brutal. I remember the first time I saw it, I teared up. And I was crying because I was like, Jesus, that poor little feeble rat is getting the shit kicked out of him. And then I realized, oh, wait, this is the years of goodwill built up from the other properties, whether it be the Archie comic books, the Mirage comic books, even the IDW series, or not the IDW series, sorry, the Image series, the IDW series, the even the 80s cartoon. They had all built up this love of these characters. So when one of them starts getting brutally beaten the fuck up by Shredder, I mean, it's brutal. You start to cry, but I realized that it was from all those other incarnations. It wasn't because the movie earned those tears. It was playing upon my love of the property. And the worlds of DC film universe, minus Wonder Woman, they, they do the same thing, kind of. They're getting by right now mostly off of your history with the characters and other modes of entertainment or other mediums versus the one being presented to you. And again, I don't want to say Batman was bad here. Not at all. Affleck is a wonderful actor, and I'm... If the rumors are true, I'm kind of bummed that he's leaving the job as Cape Crusader. I thought he really brought a gravitas to the role. And maybe that was the thing is he was promised, you know, we're going to do the Dark Knight Batman and we're going to keep doing that Batman. And it's like, no, we're softening Batman up. I don't, I don't know. I just know that he has been doing a really good job of Batman. And I, to me, in Justice League, I got a hint of that Batman, by the way, where it's the Dark Knight version of Batman, Bruce, mixed with the animated series, Bruce, Batman. But if you go by what's being presented in the film, story-wise, I guess he's sad because he killed his bro Clark because they're besties in all the other versions of Batman and Superman because the, the Martha, they're Martha bros. It just feels really forced and slapped together. If Superman and Batman were really, were really good friends and then it led to them fighting and then it led to Superman dying and sacrificing himself, I would have probably cared about Superman too in the last movie, but I didn't. And granted, you understood Batman's viewpoint of, of that a little bit too, which again, which is the hard part. In this movie, it just feels slap, forced and slapped together. I will say Justice League gets points for making the characters fucking enjoyable at the same time. That's the weird contradiction is they make Batman more like Batman. They make Superman more like Superman in this film. I mean, dear God, Superman seems to enjoy helping people and being Superman. He's just fucking happy for the most part. And that's and that's nice. And, and grand. Could it be because maybe he's not dead? Maybe he wished he wasn't dead and now he's happy he isn't because life means now so much more? I mean, man, they never really hint at that or say that. It's not anywhere in the fucking movie, so who knows? But being it isn't like we can't, as fans, honestly recon that to say it is, though. We can guessmate that was the filmmaker's intention, but from what I read, it wasn't. Superman is in the movie, the final version of the movies that's out there. Superman's acting like how Superman, in my opinion, should be acting. I mean, the last two films, he was a sad emo kid who was sad he was Superman. So anyway, Aquaman seems like a cool character. Uh, same with The Flash. Wonder Woman in this movie is Wonder Woman, which means she's awesome. 
She is the character that we most relate to because her movie was good and we care about her. Flash and Aquaman, though, to go back to them, we're kind of rooting for them. And this acts as their de facto real first appearance where they have scenes, their characters that we can care about. But we really don't have super a lot to go on. We do, but we don't. Except for they just kind of show up and help fight evil. So, yay. Um, and Batman, well, I, I guess he's sad about killing Superman, his Martha bro. So I talk about Cyborg more as well, but I don't give a fuck about Cyborg um, in terms of the movie. I mean, and that's not true. I, I enjoy Cyborg. I kind of feel for him a little bit. I just thought that he's a MacGuffin that leads to another MacGuffin. He's a, a living MacGuffin, kind of. And that's cool. I, I, it's just the plot is just so simple. There are these boxes of join will bring Steppenwolf who will help bring forth Darkseid or Apoc- I don't know. And they're going to have to stop him from doing that. They do. Good job, Justice League. And the movie just feels kind of like it plods along. The moments that are cool are the character moments where they're talking and they're being a team and they're, you know, <sighs> the movie is strung along by that. And not to say that they're they're not good, Either that the characters are those scenes are enjoyable to watch. They're light and breezy, and I guess that's kind of the problem. There's nothing wrong with a light and breezy movie, but DC is trying to compete, and it doesn't make the movie good. It makes the characters enjoyable. It makes me want to watch more of them. It just kind of is, and and that's sad because look, I want DC to make good films. I want them. I would love for a Marvel and DC film that has been built on both sides to be built up properly. That you know. It's going to have to compete for my mighty dollar. And you know what? I would like it once to be where they both, it's like, wow, this is a hard weekend. They are both excellent films. But but it, it's, it's, I don't feel that way yet. But I will say, though, Justice League does give hope. I know I just said that, but um, the way the films have been done in the past, it's not super hopeful. But Justice League does give me more hope, though, in that, and I might talk about this, I might do it in the next episode because there's still stuff coming out of San Diego Con, Comic-Con as I talk about this right now um, when I'm recording this, but... And I know some of it, I think it's been rumored Aquaman's one of those things, but, uh, and I know Entertainment Weekly posted stuff from Zachary Levi's Shazam. Maybe they'll have Shazam out there. I'll talk about that as well. But, but it does, Justice League does give me hope for the future. And that's important. You need hope for the future. And I, again, I never want any film to suck. I never want any film to not succeed. A lot of people worked hard on that movie. Um, and sometimes there are compromises that are made that compromise the film itself. But still, we have to judge the film for what it is. And look at it, and either we enjoy. And here's the thing: I would see Justice League again. I don't know if I'd ever want to pay money for it, uh, really, like outside of a HBO membership or Hulu membership or Netflix membership. But it's not a bad movie, and it does make me enjoy Superman again because I didn't like how they were building that character in the film universe. It made me care about the characters, even though they're kind of, you know, reconning it without giving you proper, real reasons why it was reconned. Um, and they are supposedly working on Man of Steel 2, which is pretty cool, or they're they're doing the script for it. And Henry Cavill, I think it really is. This movie actually makes me happy that Henry Cavill was cast as Superman. And granted, the whole mustache thing kind of bugged me. But, you know, at the same time, I was happy that Superman showed up and he was there. He was present. He helped people. He had a fun contest with The Flash, which is kind of bullshit. I would have done that for another movie, but I digress. Anyway, but it gave me hope for the future of the, of the worlds of DC cinematic universe. And I will say, and that's a good thing. Wonder Woman got by purely on its merit. It had a bad guy problem. Usually super villain, superhero films usually do, but Wonder Woman was a good film. 
And it's, it stands alone by its merits alone, not just because it's a superhero movie and I geek out over it. No, it stands by itself. And Justice League, though, doesn't. It stands by on the history that you have with the characters and the fact that it modifies the characters to almost like they know the movie's a fuck up. But we have other stuff planned that we think will be really good. If you can just get through this, it'll be okay. And here's the thing. Iron Man 2 is not a bad movie. It's not a great movie either. To me, it's my least favorite of the Marvel movies. But And also, it feels like it's setting something else up. That is what this feels like. But in the, in a different way, while Iron Man 2 feels like they're laying down all these tracks and all this pipe for Avengers and other stuff, but the characters are still well-written for the most part. It's just they just leave too many plot threads dingling. Justice League just says, fuck those plot lines. Here are the characters you wanted from the beginning, and now they're out there. Fuck the plot. <laughs> and that's not a good thing, but it's not a bad thing. And thus, it gives me hope that next time they will work on the plot um, they will care and they will try to make it work. And uh, so, yeah. So just a reminder, if you have thoughts on what I said today about anything in, in the, the film Justice League or even when I talk about the wedding ring or anything like that and you just have thoughts and like, hey, that happened to me too. This is what I did. Here's what goes through my brain. Please let me know. I Please tweet me or Instagram me at goodbaggeeky uh, or you can email me goodbaggeeky at gmail.com. See, it's kind of a theme going on good bag you can get it uh, and remember that if you enjoy this episode remember to subscribe and if you enjoy the show don't forget to leave a review thank you so much for listening we'll see you next episode get out of here without jeez you're a creep go away we're having a good time until you start up cheapers Go have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something, this is a happy place.